All right, and we are back for episode three of the Goal Line Podcast. So I am joined here today by two amazing individuals, and that is the fitness director at the Orange County Jewish Community Center, Mark Pattis, and the assistant basketball coach, women's basketball coach at Boston College, AJ Cohen. So before we get started, just to give you a background on these two. So Mark and AJ, I've known since I was a real little kid. And they have watched me growing up and I have seen them kind of guide me on my path and both have helped me tremendously on my way. So, again, two amazing individuals who are at very high positions and very good at what they do. So I hope they are here to provide you with a lot of value and you can take a lot of information from them. So without further ado, guys, you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Mark, go ahead. All right. Yeah. So uh, like Jesse said, my name is Mark. I, uh, I'm the fitness director at the Mirage JCC in Orange County. Uh, fitness is not necessarily my specialty. I would say my specialty is more sports and rec. Um, and, and I am a growing leader. Um, I'm passionate about, about being a part of a team and leading teams. Uh, and that's what this profession allows me to do. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting some good questions and digging a little bit deeper into that. AJ. Love that, Mark. Mark, Mark that's, a, that's a lovely introduction. Uh, again, my name is AJ. I'm an assistant women's basketball coach uh, at Boston College. Um, same thing as Mark said. Um, fitness necessarily isn't my, um, my main forte. Um, it, it's coaching basketball and building relationships um, and trying to succeed um, with athletes at the highest level, um, as well as pairing uh, you know, life lessons for the future. Uh, I think through through high level sports, that's how uh, some great champions and leaders are made um, throughout uh, throughout their lives is is being involved in high level uh, athletics. Uh, but like Mark said, excited to uh, to be on and, and dig a little bit deeper and give some info that hopefully will uh, help some of the athletes out there um, reach their goals. I love it. I love it. So we're actually just going to get right into it, AJ, because you mentioned something that I think you both are very very good at, and that is building relationships. So. Um, you know, AJ, you do a lot with recruiting and, you know, being being college coach myself, you know, recruiting is essentially all about building relationships. And Mark, as the fitness director, I mean, you have to build a relationship with your clients, with your trainers. So, I mean, what are what are some things that that really lead help, or help you guys lead successful relationships in your professional careers? AJ, go ahead and start that. OK, absolutely. Uh, so for me, um, you know, Jesse, like you said, there's a few different relationships that I sort of um, put into categories. One be uh, with recruits, so potential student athletes that might might play for me, um, my coworkers, and then also players that currently play for me. Um, I think each of them sort of have their own separate category. Um, I'll sort of start with with recruiting um, prospective student athletes. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is to try to gain a common ground w- with a young individual. You know, for myself, I'm constantly talking to. Um, ladies that are anywhere from, you know, 13 years of age up until, you know, 17 or 18, ready to make a college decision. And I think um, the biggest part is, is not using it as a sales pitch. I think a lot of times a recruiting can be, be known as a sales pitch instead of uh, a two way street. So one of my, my goals is, is every conversation is a free flowing conversation. Um, my contact doesn't seem like business. I don't want to take a lot of people's times. Uh, so, so for me, a big thing is, is to learn as much as I can about the person 
before I talk any type of business or recruiting. So, you know, I might introduce myself on a phone call and say, hey, I'm Coach AJ from Boston College. And that's probably the last on the first conversation you'll hear about me mention our school or, or myself. I really dig into to what, you know, that young lady's about, you know, what she does outside of basketball, um, what her interests are, what her family's about. Um, so really, I think, you know, relationship basis, you've got to know what makes someone tick. You've got to know what, what makes someone um, go beyond their comfort zone and, uh, and get out of it because it, at our level, um, college basketball, that's what you've got to do to be great. So for me, relationships is all about getting to know that person first so then I can further take um, the right direction to, to making them as comfortable with me as possible, for sure. Marcus? Yeah, AJ, I think that was that was a phenomenal answer. Just just to add a few things to that, um, for me, the number one thing is all about being authentic and being yourself. People can see through can see through you very easily if you're not being your true self. So when I when I develop relationships, and, and for me, it's it's with my staff, um, with with coworkers at the JCC, and with our members. And the bottom line is, every relationship I have, I have to be my authentic self. And it's got to be genuine. Um, that's number one. And, uh, and number two, and something I used to always tell when I, when I trained uh, high school kids to be basketball coaches, the first quote that I used every year with them was that your players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, and to be able to, to, to show the people that, that you're developing these relationships with that you truly care about them and not just about what I can get out of our relationship, but, but really what they can get and, and, and who they are as people, like AJ said. Um, so those are the two big things when, when establishing and developing relationships is that you got to be your authentic self and, and you got to show them that, that you care. Um, and if you can develop that foundation um, in anything you do, in any leadership standpoint on any team, uh, that will set you up for success. When, when, when you got to come down and challenge them directly or be tough on them, if they know it's coming from a place of love, they will they will respond much better to it. So you can't do anything in life uh, from a management standpoint until you've truly established uh, strong relationships with, with with the people around you. Mark, I want to I want to just add on to that authenticity part. I think, um, especially in the recruiting world, for myself, I think authenticity goes a long way in the sense that it, it can be an immediate either they like that authenticity or or they don't. So sometimes I think. You know, my my outgoing personality can sometimes be too much and sometimes it's just right. So I think, you know, hitting the nail on the head, Mark saying about authenticity, it'll get you off on the right path, whether it's a, a good fit or a bad fit, um, especially for, for my for my case in recruiting. So I think the more you can stay authentic, um, you'll, you'll be able to know if you'll actually be able to have a relationship or not sort of off the bat because either you're going to vibe or you're not. So I think Mark comes in with a great point, just being authentic. Um, is so important, whether it's going to work out for a relationship or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I couldn't agree with both of you guys enough. And that was some very, very high quality information. I think it's a it's a it's a very essentially a basic thing. But, you know, I think it's sometimes overlooked as being authentic, because I think a lot of people are always trying to please somebody else or trying to, you know, AJ, in your case, if you're trying to get a top recruit, you know, you might be somebody you're not just to get them in and then it might be a bad fit later down the road. And you know that I think that long run just ends up kind of not working out. So, I mean, being authentic and, you know, not worrying about 
if you're pleasing the other person, you're just going to be yourself. So that person can really get to know you and, you know, you can start building relationships like you guys mentioned. I think that's, that's always the best way. So you both are in leadership roles now. And when you're dealing, so Mark, you deal with a little bit bigger of a staff than AJ, but you know, essentially AJ, you have to deal with a lot of different egos, a lot of different personalities, especially at the college level. And Mark, you're, I'm, I'm sure you're, it's a lot of the same, even with personal trainers and, and your staff dealing with the different egos and personalities. So what are what are some ways that you guys like to balance or try to balance those out to where everyone can fit cohesively? Sure, I'll go ahead and start. Um, that's definitely true. I think in, in any in any team, you have different types of people. Um, and going back on the whole idea of building relationships and spending time one-on-one with, with each of your staff or each of your players, um, it's important to get to know them and, and to get to know kind of what makes them tick, um, who they are, outside of of where you see them you know for, for me i see them doing their job as, as personal trainers but i also want to to know them on a personal level and know about their families um and kind of know about their motivations and where they see themselves in three to five years uh so getting to know that and and, and understanding who they are outside of work and even who they are at work helps me to 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 guide them and to um to really set them up for success for you know for, for both of us um you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a challenge. I always say my, the management piece of my job is my least favorite and most favorite part of my job because mm-hmm. um, it, is, it, it challenges me, but it, but it, it also um, invigorates me. And when I have these team meetings, when I bring the group together and we talk about certain customer service pieces or certain things that really light a fire under them to, to get them excited, I walk out of those meetings feeling, feeling like I have the greatest job in the world. Um, so, so yeah, the, 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 there are challenges, and and the only way to to truly uh, to, to to truly create the best team possible is is to get to know them each individually and, and understand you know how you can how you can treat them differently. Like I have some veteran staff here that have been here much longer than I've been here, and I can't get on them the same way that I can get on somebody somebody that I hired six months ago, just because I know that the way they're going to respond is going to be very different. To the way that one of my 25-year-old younger staff members is going to respond. So understanding that and 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 picking and choosing your battle your battles and balancing it all is 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 always a challenge, but it's uh it keeps me on my toes. Mark, that's a that's a great point. I think something that I got to learn at an early age, um, you know, being around Jeff Walls at the University of Louisville and his program is that he treats everyone fairly, but yet you don't treat everyone equally. Um, I think Mark sort of hit the nail on the head and you've got to understand that I can treat a senior completely differently than I'm going to treat a freshman in the way that they're going to react to the way that um, I coach them. Um, I can get on certain kids that, you know, might be a little bit more mentally tough than others. Um, And I know, you know, the areas that they're struggling with. Um, But especially for a, a staff, I think that's where my management of, of people comes into play almost the most. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the youngest on the staff um, and, and it's a very, very unique blend of people. Um, you know, I have three 40 year old, 40 something year olds uh, on my staff as a coaching staff and then myself. Um, so really trying to, to gap um, the age difference and, and the culture difference, I think for me is, is what, like Mark said, keeps me on my toes because, as much as their experience, you know, they combined have about 60 years of experience coaching basketball where I have about six. But but my experience in, in this day and age is just a little bit more than theirs because I'm around it and I've lived it a little bit 
um, more recently. So I think um, really understanding who you're talking to. So every person is a case by case basis. Um, I think that's how management should go. Um, you know, obviously that's not so, so easy in the corporate world, but in athletics, you know, everything is different. Everyone's situation is different. Um, you know, a player could be going something through something at home that you don't know of. Um, and so that day might be a bad day of practice. And you've got to, if you know those things, you can coach them differently. Um, you can manage them differently. Um, so, so for me, it's really about taking it case by case and not trying to compare anyone's race to anyone else's. Um, and really just involving yourself in that, you know, that, that um, relationship. So if it's me and my head coach, you know, the way we talk is completely different than the way I talk with my assistant, you know, my coworkers or um, me talking with our senior captain or, or talking with an incoming freshman about how they need to go about their day and their practice and their time management. Um, so again, for me, I think it's just realizing that everybody's different because if you come in with a blanket mindset of how you're going to treat everybody, um, it, it just won't work out because everyone's completely different. Emotions are involved, you know, age is involved, um, male and females involved. You know, I think it, it's really become a fine line in today's world. What, you know, what people expect you can say to certain people. And I think, um, people just have to be enlightened that you've just got to be, be on your toes with, with who you're talking, um, to and in every situation is different. So just, just understanding that no case is really the same, um, even though maybe on the surface it is, but a little bit deeper, each, each person's a little bit different. AJ, that, that quote, the treat everyone fairly, you don't treat everyone equally. That, I mean, that blew my mind. That was, <laughs> that was, it was not me, I, that I, was no, not my quote. but I'll give you credit for for this, but, um, you know, I mean, that's just the crazy quotes. I think all the time you always have, you know, with, just dealing with different people and different egos, um, you know, you do have to treat some people differently. So that's, you know, it's a, it's a good way to look at things, but so let's talk, let's talk about this. So can we talk about you guys as leaders again, and we'll just, we'll kind of go off this. The last question is just how do you get essentially AJ for you, a captain to, to have that same buy-in and Mark, I assume you have, you know, a couple of staff members where you kind of relay sure. your message onto them. So it's like, sure. how do you, how do you, how do you work with that person to kind of bridge the gap between them and how, and what do you look for in kind of in, in that person? Jesse, that's a, that's a great question. We're, we're, you know, we're going through that process right now. You know, we're, we're a second year staff um, with, with a lot of players that have, you know, been left over from the previous staff. And um, we, we talk about it all the time right now. Uh, we're, we're a coach-led, coach-led team. Um, we're really searching for that senior leader that has the same mentality. So I think, you know, for me, what I try to do is, um, you know, I have, I have a certain kid on our team that I, I try to, to completely understand a little bit more of our identity and what we do. Um, she's not a senior. She's actually a sophomore. Um, but I think you have to have a strong-minded individual. Um, especially from 18 to 22 year olds where they're not going to care sometimes what their teammates think or even what their coaches think sometimes um, and do what's right for the, for the bigger picture. Um, Cause at the end of the day, if, you know, I think uh, the head coach of Missouri men's basketball, Kwanzaa Martin, I think uh, said the other day, listen, if we're not teaching uh, these kids life lessons, then what is this all about? Um, so trying to get, you know, our young 
young adults to understand there's such a bigger picture than themselves. There's such a bigger picture than just basketball and books. Um, so for me, and you know, I'm still young, so they look at me as a younger person, just trying to, to pass as long as much information without them thinking, man, coach is whack, you know, or, or coach, he's just talking out the side of his ear. Um, I really try to help them understand that if the sooner they can mature with the mindset of it's for the greater good for everybody, even though it might hurt in the process, that um, that we're going to be better as a program and right, as a team. Uh, because you guys know you've all been a part of great programs is playing or coaching that if you don't have a leader, if you don't have someone that can rile the troops when things are going bad, uh, you're just you, you can't win. You can't win big games. You can't you can't succeed at the highest level. So for me, I think the connecting is starting to try, try to I, I don't want to say speed up the maturation process, but get them to understand a little bit more big picture, because we all know as college students, we thought about going to school, you know, getting food, going out, whatever it may be. We don't think about that at that time. And and us being adults now, I think we we think, oh, well, they should just know. But it's like we didn't know. So for me, it's really drawing that connection to how can I how can I get them to flip that switch to understand a little bit before their time, maybe. Um, so for me, it's really just just finding a common ground of how they can understand it, whether it's, re, you know, making a um, a comparison to what they love. You know, if she loves soccer, or, you know, outside of basketball, just making a comparison that maybe it'll click for um, about you know, a leadership role or, or great players and how they take, even if they're young, how they can take a team under their wing um, and earn respect. And lastly on that, picking a leader, at the end of the day, they have to lead by example. Um, you know, that's the one thing about this sophomore that I can, she leads by example. She goes hard in every single thing she does. She gives it 110%. So I think when it goes about creating a leader that, that, values what a coaching staff does or, or, you know, a director as in Mark, it's that they've got a lead example and they've got to show you um, that they have the same core values and they have the same vision as you do. So um, that's a big thing for us is making sure that person leads by example, because everyone's got to lead themselves before they lead other people. So, so we're, we're real quickly before Mark, you get going. Do you think so? Do you think naming a sophomore captain is a bad thing? Do you think the upperclassmen might look down or might, feel disrespected i mean for me if you know just being around that college environment if if we if the coaching staff trust a sophomore enough to lead the team and the upperclassmen are looking down upon that or taking it as a disrespect type of thing then you know in my opinion i think the upperclassmen are obviously in the wrong there they're not immature enough to to lead if they're getting pissed that you know a sophomore is leading but do you think that naming a sophomore or you know maybe you don't name the the sophomore as captain but if you do name the sophomore as a captain, is that going to draw, you know, some, some drama into the locker room? Jesse, our, our personal, you know, for, I can, I can speak from, I can't speak on any other teams. I'm pretty fortunate um, with the maturity of our young ladies. Um, they're actually a great group. Um, you know, they get after it in the classroom and, and they're really trying to get after it on the court. Uh, they, they do, you know, as long as we explain to them what we think and, it's really hard. I think it would really be hard for them to have a sour taste in their mouth when they know how hard she goes. Um, that's my personal opinion. Um, she's an energizer giver. I mean, that's all she does is give energy. Um, 
she puts her body on the line every day. Um, she's a great person. She's got a great heart. So, you know, in some places, teams where it's, you know, extremely vindictive, maybe they don't get along great. Yeah, I can absolutely see that um, being, a, a, you know, I guess a factor. But for us, um, she, she leads by example. She, she does it every day. So whether or not they get upset, I guess, um, you know, as they would say, it's sort of piss or get off the pot. Like you've got to be on our bus. You know, we read the energy bus as a team this year. That's something coach tries to do, pick a book. And it's a great if you don't book. want to be it's on our book. bus, get off. Yeah. And, um, What's the know, bus driver's name? um, joy, joy yeah. was the bus driver's name. And I like uh, at the end of the day, if you know, these seniors, if they're only here for one more year and, and we're trying to build a culture for the future, you know, as much as you need to win now, you'll never get the players and the respect you need if you don't build a culture moving towards what you want. So for me, no, I don't think it would affect the locker room. For other teams, very much so, possibly. And Mark, and Mark, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of the same question. If you kind of look at a younger staff member, maybe a newer staff member as well in that matter, do, do those older personal trainers, group fitness instructors, whatever it may be, are they looking down on you or down on that person because they, you know, they've been there longer and they, they know more essentially. I mean, I mean, even, even for you, you're a young guy with, you know, not a big fitness background when you came in, did, did that affect some people or did that rub people in the wrong way? You know, having someone come in with not necessarily a fitness background and, and being a director. So I think, I think anytime you start something new and you got a staff around you, they're always going to be uh, looking at you as kind of, what does this guy know? What, what what can he do for me? Or or is he a solid leader for, for us? And um, I think it's super important for, for me not to try to be somebody I'm not, going back to the word authenticity. I think it's okay for me not to know all the answers. It's okay for me um, not to be necessarily a personal trainer. I'm not going to come in here and, and act like I, I, I have it all figured out. Um, I think, I think some of the best things I could say to them is, you know what? I don't know, but I'll try to find out. Um, and, and going back on, on leaders and establishing people that have been here for a while, it's crucial to, to, to get those people on your team. Uh, if, if, if I don't have the, the, the influencers that are part of the group on my team, there's no way that I can, that I can influence anybody else. Um, you know, when I coached youth basketball and high school basketball, I knew that, like AJ said, I, I couldn't have a coach-led team. And that's not easy uh, for someone who's kind of like, uh, I, I like being in the limelight. I like being that leader. I had to really give some of the responsibilities to, to my captain or to my leader because they're the one that's in the trenches. As much as I want to be right there with them, I'm not on the court touching the ball. Absolutely. I'm on the sideline. So, so, so to have somebody who's on the court, who's right there with them, who's their same age, um, establishing them and getting them to, to buy in, scratch that, not buy in, but to believe in what we're doing is, is crucial in the success of the team. Uh, I, always, I always say to the team, because I'm, I'm a big energy guy, when, I, when we're practicing, I always tell them, I can't be the one bringing the energy. You got to bring the energy. You got to provide the energy for me. Get me fired up because um, it's not enough for me just to, just to come out there and, 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 and try to inspire everybody. It's not going to work the same way as, as a captain would. Um, so, so that's critical and, and making sure that that captain's on your team and, and they really believe in what you're doing is, is, uh, essential in, in the success of the team. And from in my personal job currently now, uh, as a fitness director, 
I have a, I have a handful of veteran staff who are the people that have been here, who uh, are the ones that are leading by example. And, and I knew one of the first things I had to do was to uh, identify who those people were and make sure that 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 they know that I know and and that they're getting they're getting the attention they need and, and, and that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that um, that that, you know, I, I, I will I will give them a little bit more information. I may call them in, into my office a little bit more. Um, just to kind of hear their thoughts. A lot of times it's not me supervising them, but it's more me supporting them and, I, and, and going to them and saying, well, what do you think? Oh, this is happening in the Pilates studio. What, what do you think? Is this, is this a big deal? Should, should we manage this? Um, or should I just let it go? Uh, and, and kind of allowing them to, to make some decisions and not just be like everybody else. Uh, so so that, that, was, that was important. And you know, I've been in this job for a year now. Uh, and I think I've, I've, for the most part, won over the staff. And, and that was a big uh, component of, of doing that was establishing those leaders, giving them a little bit more responsibility um, and, and, and allowing them to, to lead, lead by example. I love it. I love it. I mean, just giving, <clears throat> putting, putting your, your players, your staff, whatever it may be, whatever your situation is, just in that position to see, succeed. You know, I think that's really the, the best thing you can do as a leader is just setting them up for success and then letting them, you know, letting them run with it. And I think Phil Knight actually said, you know, show people how to do it and then let them surprise you with the results. So I think something like that is kind of a, mm-hmm. a nice way to look at being a leader is just letting, letting your, your staff or your players surprise you with, with their results after you kind of guide them on their way. But we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit now and let's talk about some of those challenges you face. So, I mean, AJ, being, being an assistant coach, especially at the division, the division one level, I can imagine being a grind. Mark being a fitness director and those personal training hours, again, it's long days. I mean, what, what are some of the challenges you guys are facing day in, day out, maybe short term, long term, just or even on your path to where you are at now? What are what have been some of your most challenges that you their biggest challenges, rather, that uh, that you've kind of overcame? Mark, you want to go ahead and, and touch on that first? Um, there's always challenges, I, I think. <laughs> For, for me, one of the biggest things that I struggle with is, is that challenging directly piece. Uh, you are what you accept. And a lot of times I'll have some veteran staff members or any staff members that are doing something that I know probably they shouldn't be doing or even the smallest. Comp- Can you guys still hear me? Absolutely. Okay. You're good to go. Computer went wide. I apologize. Um, uh, uh, the smallest things like we we have a uniform and they got to wear their when they're training they got to wear their black shirt when they're working the floor they got to wear their red shirt and if if they're not if they're not doing one of, one of those things um, do I do I get on them right away or or how do I manage that um, so so managing different personalities managing uh, people that are older than me uh, also managing a department that like you said Jesse I, I I'm not um, I'm not I don't have all that much experience in I I grew up playing sports I'm I'm an athletic person. Uh, I would school AJ in one on one even right now, but debatable. But I'm not. But I'm. I'm not. I'm not a fit. even even when I'm in the gym working out. Like I'm not all that comfortable in my workouts. But yet I'm managing a fitness department, so I, I have to to under to know what I know what I know and know what I don't know. Um, and and that's a learning process. Um, and and uh, you know that that has been, that has been a challenge for me is just figuring out kind of what I get involved with, what I stay out of. Um, Constantly trying to learn more and more uh, has been has been a process as well. And you know, I, st- I still have my my doubts about myself. I think everybody, when they're in a leadership position, 
has their has their doubts and questions. And sometimes I have a hard time making decisions. I go out to, to restaurants and I look at a menu and I I say, what the heck, what am I going to get here? And I start freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Those aren't even important decisions, but I do make some important decisions here in this department. And, um, and that's a challenge. I got to, I got to, I got to make decisions. Um, but I've also been fortunate to be able to lean on people around me. Uh, and, and, and a lot of the decisions I make aren't just me making them. It's me consulting and, and hearing out other people who, who have maybe a little bit more experience than me. Um, so yeah, you know, AJ, I'm gonna let you take it from here and I'm sure I'll think of some other challenges along the way and maybe I'll chime in. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, I mean, that's, I think, you know, one of the, one of the things you pointed out is, is, is when and where to confront something when, when something happens challenge wise, I'll just speak on that for a second. You, you could coach when you're, you know, you're coaching basketball and there's, you know, 10 people out on the court and they're all your players. You, you could have a coaching moment for every kid at every possession, whether good or bad. Um, so I think really um, knowing the time and the place and the setting to, to do it in, you know, some of my players I can, get after in front of the whole group some of them i've got to pull aside some of them i've got to wait until practice is done to pull them in my office um to to coach them up because that's just how they respond um but in, in the sense of challenges i guess for me um in my very fortunate um you know career path I, i've gotten here quite quickly i think um it's just like you said jesse it's the sacrifice of, of long days um and the sacrifice of of sometimes, you know, you see our friends our age, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are able to go away for a weekend or do things that, you know, here it, it's there's no hourly job here. Um, it, it never goes home with you. You know, Mark's in a role where he's the he is the leader. Um, and at the end of the day, when you're the leader, it all falls on you. And, uh, you know, I think the reason I'm, I'm in my position is I also took this from, you know, Coach Walls. That's why he's really great. He said, you'll have a great staff when you know everyone acts like it's your program. When everyone takes ownership of that program as if it's their own. And I think for me, that's sort of what I've done um, in my profession is that, you know, I take it as if it was mine. If the floor is not clean, I want the floor clean and I'll do it myself. If the backboards need cleaning, um, you do it. Um, because when a recruit walks into your gym, you want it to be spotless. Like, And I think you know, the biggest challenge for me has probably been I've probably put my personal life aside a little bit, but I think that's the price to pay. I think big time athletes do the same thing. I think people in, in major positions do that all the time. So I don't know if it's a a challenge as much as it is a, uh, a trade off because, you know, there's a reason for success. Success just doesn't happen. Um, you've got to take an opportunity and you have to run with it. So for me, I guess the, the biggest challenge is you know, balance, um, in life. Cause at the end of the day, life, life's too short to not have it. But at the same time, you've got to, you've got to work to attain your goals. And, you know, there's a reason some people, you know, work nine to five. There's some people that have hourless jobs. Um, and you know, obviously for the most of the time you're, you're compensated for it. So I think for me, the biggest challenge is just trying to, to regain balance, um, in, in my, my personal life with basketball, but, you know, I, I'm fortunate to work for a boss that, that loves her family and values family and, and able to do that. And then directly with the career, I think, um, you know, talking to, to young ladies is not necessarily something that is easy for a lot of people. Um, I've been fortunate to be around women's basketball my whole life. Um, you know, my sister played at a low level. My dad coached AU. 
So I was always been around it. I've always been around this setting. So I think for me, continuing to understand that when I'm talking to a 14 or 15 year old, they're just kids. Um, remembering it's not, um, you know, I'm not recruiting a basketball player. I'm recruiting a person. So I think maintaining the level of, you know, we say authenticity, but the level of, you know, basketball is not everything. You know, the, these kids matter. The ball is going to eventually stop bouncing. Um, so challenging myself to not only get them to want to play here, but want to choose their life here. A lot of schools say it. it's not a four-year decision. It's a 40-year decision. Um, and, and really um, just getting them to, to feel comfortable. Um, but I guess the challenge for me just personally was, was the balance and the sacrifice. But, you know, th- there's a reason everyone – um, gets to a point, and and that's sort of been probably my biggest challenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in here real quick, Jesse. Please, right? please. Yeah, just two things that I also want to mention. Um, one of the things I've struggled with constantly is um, I move too fast, and I and I need to find ways to slow down. I found this this app called Calm, uh, where I do my 10 minute breathing, which really allows me to kind of center myself and 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 focus. Uh, a lot of times I try to multitask and I've found out that it doesn't work for me. I need to be doing one thing at a time uh, because the moment I start bringing something else in, then I start screwing everything else up. Um, so be- being able to slow down has been a challenge, but it's been something that I'm, I'm getting better and better at. Uh, and it's really helped me personally. Um, and the second thing is I-, I let I let a lot of little things bother me and stress me out. Um uh, there's that there's that book out there, the, the subtle art of not giving, a you know what, and and that helped me because um, you know there are a, a lot of things throughout the day that I'm, I'm an emotional person and I care a lot about the people around me and if, if one person's upset, I sometimes let that affect my emotions. Um, so I'm really trying to just let those let those emotions run away uh, and not hold on to them too tightly. Uh, and and every day I try really hard to be my best self when I show up to work because as a leader, um, your, your, your emotions and your energy rubs off heavily on everybody else. And, and, and I want everyone to come in with a positive attitude. I want everyone to be enthusiastic about their, about their work and enthusiastic about what we do here and happy about our culture. And if I'm not bringing that, then I'm taking away from that. Um, so I try really hard to, in the words of Brene Brown, lean into joy. When, when I'm happy, I want to I show that I'm happy. Um, a lot of people think that the moment they allow themselves to be happy, the next moment the shit's going to hit the fan. And you know what? It might, but, but I don't have control of that. So I'm going to control what I, what I can control. And when I'm happy, I want people around me to know that I'm happy uh, and really show that and, and try to rub the energy off on, on everybody else so that, that the culture that we work in is, is a fun culture. I don't, I don't need it to be – I don't want my staff to be like, oh, I got to go to work and be in this hellhole where, where people are unhappy. I, I want to be the leader of, of happiness and, 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 and use that to, to really rub off on everyone else around us. Mark, I'm just going to add really quickly, I think um, living day to day, you know, I agree with Mark is, is I sometimes spread myself too thin. And this is for young athletes or, or you know, for people aspiring, you know, to be in leadership positions. You've got to be able to say no to people sometimes when you can't take something on. And it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it's not the right time or the right place for you, you to tackle the, you know, the obstacle. Um, so something I've been trying to work on is, 
you know, in my profession, it's all about, hey, we want to get you up here for a visit three months from now. And for me, I worry about that date so much instead of just every day, like Mark said, coming into my office with a great attitude and great mentality and great things will happen if you do that. So for me, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily have a calm app um, as Mark does, but I do try to step away, take a walk with my headphones for a few minutes, maybe make a phone call, you know, to my dad or someone else um, just to get a little bit of life perspective um, and just live day to day. Because really, um, you got to worry about what's in front of you. You know, a lot of people, a lot of coaches in the world, they say left foot, right foot, breathe, mm-hmm. then left foot, right foot. You know, that's life. You know, you've got to just walk in the present and, and try to stay in that mind. But, you know, for coaches, it's not that easy. And for leaders, because, you know, Mark's a big picture person. That's what he does. You know, he manages day to day. But at the end of the day, things in the future, you know, he people depend on him to know what's going on and to plan. So I think just living in the moment every day, um, that's a constant challenge, I think, for people that, that live in such a fast-paced world that we live in. I mean, okay, guys, that's just phenomenal information. I mean, I myself have just taken a lot in those last couple of minutes. So, you know, I appreciate those words of wisdom. And I hope our, our listeners are able to take that information, just being able to step back, you know, take a deep breath and, and really observe and essentially just being grateful for kind of, you know, what you have in front of you, the people around you, the people that love you and kind of, you know, if you do get stressed out or feel, feel flustered. I know, I know something for me is just being able to take a step back, realize all the positives that are going on right now, instead of worrying about the little things that can really affect you and, and things that may not necessarily matter in, you know, even a day. So it's just being able to, see, to recognize positives. There is no joy without gratitude. There you go. Love that. So, uh, you know, last thing we'll touch on before we get going is, you both have been able to work with some phenomenal people as well. What are what are just you know a couple, couple of the maybe one or two of the best things you've learned in either managing people, leading people, coaching? You, you I mean, you both have wide background, so just give me give me the best piece of of advice that you have. Hmm. Might be a tough one. So like uh, we'll we'll break it down a little bit. Give it. So if you're let's say a high school or college athlete, what are We'll do it this way. What are some of the best pieces of, of advice that you have for them, for a college or high school athlete, just kind of living, working, whatever it may be, taking their next step? So I'll, I'll answer the first question real quick, and then I'll kind of come to the second one. Um, I used to coach high school basketball at the JCC in Pittsburgh, and uh, I had one kid who loved the kid to death, but he, he had an attitude, and and he would kind of get in his own head sometimes. And there was one practice where – he made some comment, and I kicked him out of practice. Fast forward about six years later, I saw him in Israel this past summer, uh, and we were we were just cutting up for about an hour and a half. And I was just overwhelmed with how mature he's become, how appreciative he was of of everything that the JCC did for him, everything that that I did for him. Um, and you know, in that moment when I was kicking him out of practice, I was like, "Screw this kid!" Um, but I also understand that I'm working with. I was working with a high school kid at the time who was still trying to find his way uh, and, and being patient with that and, and, and not holding a grudge, but using that experience as a, as a way to teach him um, was, 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 was critical in, in who he has become. Uh, and, and I think he looked at me as, as a role model in his life, and I take that very seriously. To be in a coaching position or in a leadership position where, where, you're, where you're a role model and you're educating high school and college age, age kids and adult and young adults 
is is truly something special and, and it and it really does affect the community you live in and the world we live in. Um, so I, I wanted to mention that. And then the second piece uh, to all you high, all you high school and, and college athletes out there, and I'm sure AJ is going to echo this: you got to be coachable. Nobody nobody wants to coach an energy vampire who thinks they know it all. That doesn't mean you can't have your own opinion and you can't voice your opinion to to your coaching staff or to to your fellow teammates. But you got to come in with an open mind, the beginner's mindset, where you want to learn. And and if 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 the coach pushes you, go, keep going. Uh, don't don't think you're you're better than anybody else, and don't think anyone else is better than you either. But but be coachable and and be a teammate. The word teammate can't get lost. What, what does it mean to be a, a good teammate? You got to like AJ said earlier. You got to be a an energy giver. You can't be someone who just takes and, and constantly looks to get things. You gotta you gotta give. Um, you gotta help your teammates up if they fall down. You gotta be the first one to them. Uh, uh, um, and, and things along those lines in terms of in terms of being a teammate and really uh, being happy for the success of your teammates. It can't just be about you. Team sports are a beautiful thing. They teach you a lot about life. Um, and and if you can grasp the concept of being coachable and and being somebody who gives and who understands what it means to truly be a teammate, that will set you up for success uh, long after the ball stops bouncing, like AJ said. Well, and, and you know, I think you you touched on a, an absolutely phenomenal point, and it's kind of my biggest thing too when I'm coaching guys. I mean, I think you you have to want to learn, and not many kids do. You know, I think they're there for just just to say they're there essentially, and they're just there for to play a sport and get on with their day. But you know, if you're if you're there and you're committed, you, you have to want to learn. And I think those, the ones who are most committed want to learn every day. And they come in knowing that I can take something from my coach, whether it may be a small thing, it may have something to do with the sport, it may have something to do with life. But, you know, as long as you want to learn as an athlete, the, the sky's the limit. And I think the possibilities are endless. So AJ, go ahead and, and uh, take us home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of the young high school and, and college athletes aren't probably going to like this, but we're definitely and, you know, I've I've been a part of this is we're in the know it all era where, you know, we have this access to social media and, and things immediately where we think we know the answer because we saw it on the Internet or someone else was doing it. Um, Mark said it best. I don't care if you're playing basketball or volleyball. Coach Mack, our head coach, says it all the time. Let us just coach basketball. That's how you become great. When we can focus on coaching basketball and you guys bring your energy and your effort every day and we just have to coach basketball, that's when you see special things happen. That's really what what makes good teams great is when they don't have to coach effort and they don't have to coach attitude and they don't have to worry about those things. Um, but but more to the point, you know, for, for young athletes, I think Mark on, on the teammate thing, I talk about it all the time with my team or, you know, with the team is, is genuine happiness for someone else's success. There, there's a certain point where you can, you can fake it. Um, but I think it really shows when great teams have genuine happiness for each other's success. If you go on film and you watch UConn women's basketball or you watch Kentucky men's basketball, whatever it may be, the blue bloods, the people that constantly make it, it's that they're, their genuine happiness for each other's success is at an all-time high, regardless of their personal success. I think that's how you build great habits yeah, and I mean, great teams and become a great person um, on and off you know, the field or court, per se. Um, so you really got to do that. 
um, as much as you can. And and sometimes that's instilled in you in a young person. Um, and sometimes you, you, you've got to fake it until you make it. Um, and it's just like some people say when, when you're sad, literally smile and it can actually brighten your day. I mean, there's a, a medical study that if you smile, it actually will brighten your day. I mean, all it takes is a smile. So you really just to break that bad habit, you've got to you've got to go against the grain and do what's not comfortable um, and and try to accomplish it. And day by day, you can. Um, and, and the last thing I think really is, like you said, you got to come in coachable. It's because no one likes change in today's world. Change is such a hard thing. Um, I think you've got to be willing to accept change because especially at our level, players come in being the best player at their school at their AAU program and then you come in as an equal or even maybe less of an equal because you haven't played you know a college game yet um so I think being able to accept change uh is so key to being a successful student athlete at any level um being able to uh adapt to different situations but the original question was some of the best advice um I think I've ever gotten uh I know you you know you guys are both you know, extremely close with your parents. For me, it's it's come from my dad. I've been really fortunate um, that, you know, he's given me some great advice over the years that sometimes he talks a little too much. But if, if you take the right tidbits, um, it really can help you that hey, at the end of the day, life's not fair. Okay. But, but the sooner you can realize, control what you can control, life will eventually work out for you. And if you can approach everything that you do, whether it be writing an essay or doing your homework or making a sprint about for the greater good, good things will happen. Um, and again, it's everyone says it, it's a process. So I think every day, if you can come to work thinking you're going to get better, it will happen. But if you come in thinking, oh, coach is yelling at me, oh, Mark got on me because I was wearing the wrong shirt on the floor instead of thinking, wow, they just want me to be the best I can be. Um, and it might not be fair in the moment. You might not think it's fair. But a great thing, Coach Jerry York, he's our Hall of Fame hockey coach here. Great guys, coached, I don't know, 70 NHL players um, out his career. He's won five national championships. He goes, and a lot of people say it. Don't take how I say it. Take what I say. You know, don't take – into account the tone of someone's voice or the tone of someone's mission message. It's about what they're saying to you. Um, Cause as coaches, we can get riled up, you know, we get fired up. And like Mark said, you know, I'm going to use that today in our workouts. Uh, Mark, I'm going to steal that right from you. I'm going to tell my players, bring, give me the energy today, make me fired up. Um, so, you know, in, in closing for that, I think it's, it's all about you know, life's not fair. The sooner you can realize that you've got to take the ups and the downs, the quicker you're going to get to where you want to be. Um, Cause no one gets through life, you know, scotch free, just easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy as some people would say. So uh, just take the adversity and run with it. And, and I think the greatest athletes, the greatest coaches, the best leaders, they handle adversity the best. I want I want to add, you, you talked about uh, having, having authentic or, or genuine joy for, for your teammates. You guys know the word for that? It's my favorite word. The word is called it's so so there's a word called Schadenfreude, which is the opposite. It means to to be happy for the failures of others. The opposite of that is called Medita. M U D I T A. Everyone should be writing this down. M U D I T A. 
Correct. It means to have selfless joy, to be happy for the success of others. Mark, and Mark, can you spell the, the first you word? Be, what was the, the to be happy for? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to spell that. We're not going to spell that. You guys can look that up. Yeah. yeah. But, but if, if as, as a coach, you can create a culture of Medida, and as a player, you can you can embrace that that idea of Medida. You look at, AJ said it, like, like the UConn, like a UConn. You look at the Duke bench, the Duke men's basketball bench. When somebody makes a basket, that entire bench is on their feet. Mm-hmm. Coach Jay says it all the time. When, 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 when J.J. Reddick throws in a three or Jaleel Okafor dunks it or Justice Winslow makes a great pass, it's not, it's not that person who's making the great pass. That's hey, Mark, for, for the younger viewers out there, let's relate to a little bit someone more recent, you know, Zion Williamson uh, or R.J. Barrett. All right. When Zion throws it down and, and busts his shoe all at one time, that's not Zion's shoe that's being busted. That's the entire Duke team. And you got to take full ownership of it. There's got to be a collective responsibility to everything you do. And if you can uh, – coaches see this. If you can really be happy for the success of somebody else – it will, it will get you in the game. We had one kid this past summer that I was coaching. Uh, he's going to be a freshman in high school this, this upcoming year. The moment he showed up to our tryouts and to our practices, we were like, oh, boy, here we go. What are we going to do with this kid? Like I, I said earlier, energy vampire. This dude defined the, 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 the term energy vampire, and, and we didn't know what to do. And, and the, the other coach and I went back and forth about how can we manage this, how can we manage this. And we talked to him constantly about being a teammate and about the word Medita. And somewhere along the way, it clicked. And this kid had an unbelievable tournament. He was the greatest teammate that we had on the team. He was a large reason for our success in our tournament. And, and I believe he's, he's changed entirely for the better. And as a coach, to be able to see uh, a young person make that shift and, and, and believe in what we're talking about and do that uh, is huge for him. And I can guarantee you, because of this mentality change, He's going to have a lot more success playing high school basketball than he would have before our summer happened. Medita. Medita. What a word. I love it. I love it. Hey, well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on. I mean, there was some absolutely phenomenal information that I hope all of our listeners will be able to take to heart and can use in their everyday life. So, again, I do want to thank you for coming on, and I appreciate you taking the time. Any last words, guys? Ah, poof. Hey, Jay, do you want to tell Jesse that we uh, that we we squared off in like 2005, the little champ or the Harry B. Davis championship? I'll tell a quick story. So uh, 2005, 2006, whatever the, the, the year may be, uh, we were coaching um, third and fourth grade. Um, we call it in Pittsburgh at the JCC uh, Super Champ. What's it called, Mark? The Harry B. Davis Clinic. The Harry B. Davis Clinic. Um, Mark was the, I believe, the UConn squad, blue, and I was uh, – Pitt, the gold squad, and uh, he had a young man by the name of Jackson Fitzgerald, um, a star amongst the Pittsburgh locals, is, and I had a, a young um, Tyler Demchek, and uh, we squared off, and, you know, Mark won that coaching battle. You know, I, would, I would like to say that I don't think it was due to Mark's coaching ability. I want to say it was pure talent, sort of a Kentucky versus a Robert Morris type thing where Robert Morris didn't come out on top, but uh, – you know, we, we've both come a long way. That's It's funny to say that's 15 years ago, um, 14 or 15 years ago. And now we're both sitting here and, and doing really well. And I just think at the end of the day, it sort of shows, you know, I, I can't be more happy for his success. And, I, and I'm sure he can't be more happy for mine. And I think Medita, 
right? Mark, Mark yeah. real quick, can you use yeah. Medina in a sentence? You do have Langata. That's what I think about too sometimes. Um, use it in a it, sentence. It, is it a word that you use in a sentence or is it just. I, I think mean, it's more of a descriptive say, word. I, I I don't want to get it wrong, but you could probably say something like Tyler had Tyler had a feeling of uh, I'm gonna I don't want to get it wrong. Look it up. Look it up. Jess, I'm gonna let you know. Um I work I work at a place of higher education. I really don't want to butcher Boston College's um <laughs> academic prestige. So uh we're gonna leave that to uh to the viewers. Hold on, I'm actually gonna type it in real quick. I think you guys all deserve this. Medina. How do you use Medina? Would it be like he showed great Medina? Is it that make sense? What? Like, would would it be like Mark showed great Medina throughout the season? Uh, or does that does that not work? Am I just butchering it now? I'm making myself look bad. No, no, I think I think that's a that's a good attempt at it. <laughs> good attempt. All right. Is a pure joy unaltered by self interest, um, but that's not in a sentence. I, I don't think you even need to use it in a sentence. I think it's. I think you just talked about the term Medina, and here's what it means. Can we, can we, can we get away with that? Yeah, that, all right. That, that works for me. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to know. I, when I appreciate that story. AJ, I'm sorry you couldn't come out on top. Yeah, I know. I know what it's like, like to lose in one of those Harry B championship games. But, you know, again, guys, thank you for coming on. I do appreciate you guys taking the time. And – Look forward to seeing you guys continue to grow and, and do big things. Thank, thanks, Jess. You're the man. Same to you. Appreciate that. Jess, really appreciate it. Um, for the listeners there, uh, take Mr. Mr. Jesse Goldman pretty serious. Uh, he's got a great work ethic. Uh, he gets after it and, and, uh, and does it with great heart. That's what it's all about. I think all three of us being from Pittsburgh just grow up with great heart for sports and uh, – that's what that's what Jay Goal is all about. So you know, you guys make sure you take what he's saying to, to heart and yeah. and listen Go up. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Thank you, AJ. I appreciate that, gentlemen. I will talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. All right, thank you. All right, Go, guys. absolutely. Have a good one, guys.